but he made this comment. So, you know, this is, and I so appreciate, uh, you know, Brother Pastor Jordan's a pastor here. He let me have this meeting. Of course, I used to come once a month on Tuesdays. It was more complicated for me. So I told him I'd rather just forego that and just do a couple meetings, a two or three day meetings during the year. So I got another meeting coming up in May that'll be similar to this, maybe not as long. I may add a night, I don't know. But anyway, Doc Summerall said, faith knows no limitations. Well, I like that. You're not limited as what you can receive through the power and force of faith. You're not limited. So you could receive a new organ tonight. If you need a new organ for your body, you could. And listen to me here carefully. I know we're just a healing meeting, and primarily we're dealing with the physical body of people, but also your minds can be healed and delivered. <laughs> your emotions and just all kinds of things can happen in a meeting like this. I've got anointing for refreshing in my hands. We may call for that. And while I was standing here tonight, Lord said, pray for my partners at some point. So we'll do that too, if you're a partner. We'll be praying for everybody at the end of the service for healing. But look, look, It says, faith knows no limitations. God has placed no limitations to confine you in any area. All you can believe for, you can obtain. All you can believe for, you can obtain. Well, that's important you get this. Teaching on divine healing. You know, Brother Hagin tells a story about a lady who couldn't hear. He prayed for her and got her ears open. She was with a cane. He said, hey, honey. Uh, he didn't say, honey, hey, what about that leg? He said, oh, I can live with that. I just needed to hear. So he said she got what she believed. That's all far her faith went just for her ears. Didn't go for her hip. You got to learn something from that. You're the one putting limitations on what can be done in this meeting. I'm certainly not. I mean, I have miracles everywhere I go now on the planet for the last two years, or the last 30 years, but primarily the last two years just stepped up another ring on the ladder or something. So all you can believe for, you can obtain. What a word. Dr. Summerall, he was still traveling, 80-some years old. He said, what gives you the ability to do that? He said, I'm interested in what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, if you get to be a preacher and you're old and you get old and you think, I don't want to do nothing, well, you might as well go on home. Your purpose is gone. That's true of every believer. My, that's what I believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, Matthew 10. Let's start here tonight to start it. It says here in verse 8, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received and freely give. But I've got a new uh, Passion Bible, and I bought a bunch of these for people recently. And I think it's a good translation. I'm going to read you his interpretation of Matthew 10 and 8, you must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick. Let me read it this way. You must continually bring healing to those who are sick. What's the key word there? Continually. continually. You might be here tonight, you haven't had a headache in three years. Well, praise God. Amen. I appreciate that. Maybe you don't need healing, but you know what? You need to continually be studying it. See, no matter what else I'm studying, I study different subjects. You don't understand that. I'm always studying faith and healing because I know I'm either going to need it for myself or primarily need it for other people to get them healed or to get them delivered or to get them whatever they need if I can do it, you know, with teaching them, ministering to them. I'm going to read this again. I want you to get this. You must continually bring healing to lepers. I would say leprosy is the cancer of that day. 
but you must continue to bring healing to the lepers. And you could just fill in the blank there to anybody who has a problem physically. And to those who are sick, make it your habit. This is another part of this verse I like. Make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people. <laughs> wow. They didn't like a once for all deal. Make it your habit to be able to do that. Yeah, make it your habit. Say, I'm going to make it my habit to be healed and to be delivered and to help others to be healed and delivered. See, we've got to continually go over these things. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we're talking about some important things right now. Now, let's go, let's go back here to Psalm 105 with me just a minute. We're getting started. We're we got a lot of good things to say tonight, and we try not to bore you. And we're going to minister to the sick every service. So let me say something at the beginning of this. If you don't think you're in faith this first night, then don't come up. That's not hard to understand, is it? Why don't you wait till tomorrow night? But, I mean, I think there's people tonight that are going to get faith in them to receive for whatever it is we're going to minister. We're going to minister healing, generally speaking. I may have words of knowledge. I may not. But if you're ill or sick or in pain or disease, you can come up, we'll pray for you. But you need to be in faith when you come. I wish somebody would write another verse of that song we just sang. You know, really, to be honest about it, you're moving the mountains if they're getting moved, not God. I like the song. I'm not criticizing it, but I'm a word man. So I'm just saying, see, I always think, what, how does that fall? Line up with the word. Well, it doesn't fully. God's given us the ability to move man, but he's not moving anything. If anything's moving in my life, that's because I'm moving it. He gave us the authority. He gave, why did he give the keys of authority back to us? So we could change it. <laughs> Preaching real good for right out of the box. When you have faith in God's mercy to heal, as you do in God's mercy to forgive then you'll be healed just as easily as you're forgiven. So you can just tap into that anytime. We don't have to have a healing meeting, but God told me to have a healing conference, so that's what we're doing. Because, when, you know, as you grow in God, you should be able to receive, let's tell me carefully, by yourself eventually. And if you need help, God, get a person, one person, that knows how to believe with you, and that's all it would take. But anyway... When you have faith in God's mercy to heal you as you do in God's mercy to forgive you, then you'll be healed as easily as you're forgiven. I, you know, I, I kind of just uh, am not frustrated about it now because I've learned better, but the denomination I was in, they didn't teach that. And you could have run the biggest uh, prostitution ring in my city and they would have thought you'd get, if you come forward to get saved, they believe you got it. But they didn't teach a thing about healing. So most of us didn't get healed. If we did, it was a faith accident. You, don't, you only get what you teach. And you don't even get that if you don't believe it. You can say, well, Dr. Jacobs taught on healing. What, did you get anything? No. Did you need anything? Yeah. Well, then you didn't get it. You just heard me talk of words. But if you add your faith and mix your faith with what I'm teaching you. Okay. The reason it takes some people time to receive their healing is because they have to be moved into position to receive 
and be healed. I mean, this is true. I mean, I travel all over the world. I have traveled all over the world. You saw all those countries. Over 110 mission trips now. And everywhere I go, people are better receivers than not so good receivers. And some people got miracles and some did without because they didn't get in that faith realm with us to get it. Hallelujah. So what we want to listen to me here. This is the reason I said, you know, if you're, if you're going to be here for the duration of the meetings, wait until you're ready to release your faith. You could be ready after the first night. You can come every night up here if you want, and I'll minister to you. But what I'm trying to say to you is you have to have faith that you're going to come receive. You're not just going to come see what I can do, what I could do. No, you're not thinking right. All right. God's words are life and health and medicine to all of our flesh. That's in Proverbs 4. We're not turning over there now. You can have health and long life, but you will not have them without knowing the word. You must put yourself under the teaching and the influence of the word. You got to come up under the word and submit to it. Get under the influence of it. What else did he say? That you put yourself under the teaching and the influence of the word. Mm-hmm. Brother Hagen made this comment. If you want to live in divine health, you must live close to God. So that's just a key to your healing and staying healed and really being healed and you know, walking in health. You've got to stay close to God. Not just come to church, but stay close to God. You know, have a prayer life every day. Have worship times with him. Minister to him. Learn how to respond to him. All that comes with practice. And somebody's got to teach you. You don't just stumble onto faith. I know that's true. Praise God. Thank you so much. I love God as much now as I did before I knew this, but I love him a lot more now because I can understand how to get hold of him. Hallelujah. We're back here in Psalm 105. I think that's where I ask you to turn. Verse 37. It says, he brought them forth also with silver and gold. There's prosperity. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. This is a recording. You go back up and read a few verses later. But this is what God did when he delivered the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage or out of the world. That's a type of your redemption coming out of the world into Christ. You know, they didn't come into Christ because... He wasn't around back then on the planet. But nonetheless, you see what I'm saying? And it says there was about 3 million Hebrews that came out. 3 million. And it says there was not one feeble person among their tribes. I looked up a footnote in the Bible today. It said not one of them stumbled. Now you had people that were children. You had elementary children and you had preschool children. had ladies that just had babies the night before. And having them as they went. And then you got Moses, he's 80. He's 80 years young. Isn't he? Moses. And Joshua's not too far behind, but nonetheless. But anyway, you know, there's all kinds of age groups there. And listen to what I'm saying. There was not one feeble person among them all. I'm just trying to get a church healed. I'm not dealing with 3 million. I'm not even dealing with 300. But what I'm trying to show you is this is our goal that all of us have the right to not be feeble. 
As soon as they came out of Egypt and crossed through the Red Sea, which is a type of water baptism, then the first thing that God revealed to them as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. First thing. You know, preachers were smart. They would have taught that first thing after you get them saved. Teach them they can be well, too. Because saved is well in the scriptures. We just separate it because we haven't been taught properly. To be delivered from poorness, to be delivered from spiritual death, to be delivered from sickness, all that is redemption out of the curse. Sickness is a curse of the law. They all partook of the Lord's Supper the night before in a sense. They ate the flesh and drank, you know, the blood and so forth. Are you listening to me? And things. And they were cutting covenant with God. And it says here, and there was not one feeble person among, there was not one weak person among three million people of every kind of age group you can imagine. Not one feeble person. Man, that, we ought to strive for that. <laughs> what am I talking about tonight? I'm talking to me that God wants you to be perfectly whole. He wants you to be perfectly, completely restored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, if he could, now listen, if he could take care of three million Hebrews under that condition, and besides that, most of them were malnourished while they were serving time in Egypt. Isn't that right? We were slaves. So you didn't treat a slave like you treated themselves, the Egyptians. And they beat them and they tormented them and tortured them and you know, and all kinds of weird stuff, but they came out strong. There was not one feeble one stumbling along the way, and they weren't walking on concrete either. Not one feeble person. I want you to let that ring in your heart for a little bit. That's a lesser covenant than we're in. How many know Hebrews 8 and 6 says we're in a better covenant? And I got news for you. There's not any better coming that I know anything about from my knowledge of the word. This is it, baby. This is a big kahuna. All right. Yeah, sure was. Sure is. So there was not one feeble among them. Let's go over to James a minute. That's in the Old Testament. Somebody may be thinking, yeah, but what about the church age? I'm glad you asked that. Go to James chapter 5 with me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into some main things in a minute, but I want to establish some thoughts with you that will help you. Because, see, you know, <laughs> people are so confused about this. They say, you know, only the Jews were under that. Uh, you know, Old Covenant. That may be true, but the Gentiles were brought in when Jesus came. Are you listening? Yeah. And by the way, that was a lesser covenant than we have. Are you listening to me? People try to explain things away, but it's, it's frutal when you know the truth. It doesn't dawn on. I mean, it's not going to hurt me because I already know the truth, but a lot of people believe lies and forgeries and things like that that people make up. Like somebody said, well, you know, when it says, uh, by your stripes you were healed, and Peter there, it just meant spiritually you got born again. But you're not, if that would be the truth, then Jesus didn't need to go to the cross. He was beaten before he went to the cross. If that's all it took, he could have just got up and been mended and, left and just lived on. See, that when people make things like that, they don't realize they're, they're accosting the cross. They're condemning Jesus to be on the cross. Truth being known, they're blasphemous. They think they're being smart, but they're being kind of ignorant and going to be in trouble with God for teaching that. But we're talking about the church. What about the church over here in the New Covenant? Let's go over in James 5, verse 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It says, is any among you afflicted? That means you got pressure in your life. 
Afflicted there is the word that means pressure due to circumstances. Is anyone among you afflicted? Let him pray. Not run to the pastor and ask for him to pray for you. But Now this is if you're under pressure. You need to learn how to pray under pressure to get the pressure off of you. Get on the other side of all that pressure. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. In other words, be a sing, sing, singing, you know, not necessarily professionally, but just be worshiping God and singing psalms. Is any sick among you? Notice that, is any. I mean, it's almost like, and of course, James, I think, was written to the baby church and baby believers, but he said, is there any sick among you? I don't think you've said that before, what I'm saying. Is there any sick among you? In other words, like, there shouldn't be, but if there is any sick among you, let's see what we're supposed to do. It says, call for the elders of the church. That would be the preachers and the people in fivefold ministry, in my opinion. And if you were a real elder, you could do this too. You had enough faith. Biblical elders. But I, I believe primarily the Bible teaches about elders as preachers, one of those fivefold ministry gifts. But it says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders. And any sick, any, any. That's from, you know, messed up ankle to leukemia. From brain tumors to hepatitis, to arthritis, to a crooked spine. Mm -hmm. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them, the elders, pray over him and her, anointing them in the name, in the oil, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall heal, it should read, the sick. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. Hallelujah. And the Lord shall raise him up or her. And if they have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Even if you sin, you don't have to let that stay in your way of being healed. Are you listening? Didn't put a limit on that either. Confess your faults one to another. Now, I don't advertise open mic night in a church like this. Because some of you try to outdo the last one that's told what they went through. We'd up on each other, you know what I'm saying there? Yeah, but I got 45 stitches here. I didn't get two, you know. You know. Confess your faults one to another. I think if you find a trusted person you could talk to and pray one for another that you may be healed. Are you getting a, getting a tune of this that this is in the New Testament church and if there's any sick among us, then we just got a way to do this. At least that's one way to do it. Now, I don't know it with oil because I've got a tangible anointing in my hands. So I wouldn't normally anoint with oil unless the Lord told me to do that. But I wouldn't need it because I've got anointing. Are you listening to me? But I'm pointing out some things here in this passage. Just talking to the church. Let him call for the elders of the church. Is any sick among you? See, nothing would be beyond our means of getting a hold of this. Now, I'm talking about the will of God. Listen to me. I've, I've preached all over the world, and I've given invitation. A lot of times people just went to hell anyway. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I know not everybody responded correctly to me. They didn't to Jesus. I can't expect a better percentage than him. How about you? You better read your Bible in Matthew 10 again. The disciple's not above his master. And he said only one out of four got anything. But the point I'm making is just because somebody didn't decide to give their life to Jesus, they wanted to go on and go to hell, I'm not going to quit preaching salvation. And no matter how many people I bury or will bury before I go home, that's not going to negate me preaching healing to everybody that will listen to me the rest of my life. 
Because it's God's will for you to be well. It's God's will for you not to be feeble. It's God's will for you not to be in pain. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Good. So we're, I'm just showing you something over here in the New Testament church. Any, if any sick, the prayer of faith will heal. The word saved is the same as healed there. Shall save or heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. I was listening to Brother Hagen talk about Lillian B. Yeomans. You know, Lillian B. Yeomans was a medical doctor and a surgeon. She became a heroin addict. And uh, she was dying. And they had nothing they could do for her. And she knew that being a medical doctor. And God supernaturally healed that lady. Lillian B. Yeomans. She's got several books. We used to have them in our bookstore. Our bookstore is no more now. But anyway, we did have them. And Lillian B. Yeomans, she was a medical lady. And her and her sister bought a house, I don't remember what state they were in, at, it was a, like a healing house, they called it. And they could only take in so many boarders because they only had so many bedrooms, like four or five. But every person they took in by the doctors and medical profession said, there's no way they're ever going to recover. They're going to die with that disease. They only took in the helpless, those that had a, a, an execution date on them. And she, and she, Lillian Yeoman said, I said her, I laid her in the bed and I said, I don't want you to think about nothing. I don't want you to talk. I want to read the scriptures to you. She had every healing scripture marked in her Bible, kind of like I do. And she just started in Genesis and read all the way through. Two hours later. Then she'd come back the next day, read two more hours to her. And she said, all I want you to do is lay there and said, I'm not under the curse. Christ bore the curse for me. Therefore, I'm healed from, and she named the disease she had. Said, that's all I want you to say. So she came to her the next day. How'd you do? Well, I said it 10,000 times last night. It seemed like it. I don't feel a bit different. She said, that's okay. Just keep saying it. You're redeemed from the curse. You're redeemed from sickness. And you're redeemed from and named the thing that you, that's put you here in this bed that you're dying over. And she did that every day. And one day she read her the scriptures, came downstairs cleaning up the dishes from the food they prepped for the people that were in the home, and they heard somebody upstairs jumping up and down screaming, my God, my God, I'm healed. And she came running down the stairs. And she said, I finally see what you said. She kept saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it, saying it and saying it, saying it and saying it. <laughs> Until it dawned on her, she was healed. She jumped out of the bed healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, she never went back to teaching medicine. She just taught divine healing. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 14. Of course, we're thankful for doctors. It's not a, I'm not arguing about doctors here. I think they're very committed. But my point is, here's a lady that got in trouble because she got involved with her own dope and made her an addict. Hallelujah. Quite a lady. There's some others on the horizon coming. I'm telling you. <laughs> Some young ladies are going to rise up and be powerful in this. It says in Matthew 14, verse 35, uh, verse 34. Let me see, verse 34 and, follow, and following. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. That's Jesus and his crew. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things. I'm going to read the rest of it in a minute. It said, they had knowledge of him. What kind of knowledge did they have of him? Let me see if you can guess it. Healing. <laughs> they weren't coming for prosperity or their marriage. They were coming because they were sick, diseased, in pain, struggling. 
I wanted you to notice that they had, somebody had told them about Jesus because they said the men of that place had knowledge of him. And when they had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. I want to point this out. It would just go through the whole, you can come, 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 you can come. Because all of them could be healed. They didn't say yes, yes, no, no, yes, maybe, no. It was yes. <laughs> I'm going to read this again. And so they brought unto him. Notice that they brought them to Jesus. Now, sometimes people have asked me, and in days gone by, I did this a lot more than I do today. I don't do it so much. But people say, can you go pray for my aunt so-and-so or my uncle or my grandpa down at the hospital? And I would go. And sometimes we'd have results and sometimes a lot of times not because they were trained by somebody other than me. And they had all these excuses and all these crazy teachings of why God wouldn't heal them. God couldn't heal them. And you know, you can't override that in somebody else just because you believe it. Hope you realize that. Either more than I could take everybody to heaven that I want to go, and that'd be everybody, but I can't force them. All right. But what I'm trying to show you, they brought unto him all that were diseased. You've come to the right place tonight to learn about healing and to get your faith established in health and healing and deliverance. Hallelujah. I love what Doc Summerall said. I'm reminded while I'm preaching, faith has no limitations. I don't put any stop, stop gap on my limitations anymore. I just let them fly out there. Anything's possible. Come on. Everything's possible. Come on. Hey, like my new poster. It's in the back. It's powerful. Yeah, Jesus the healer. And he's a good healer too. He knows what he's doing. He's not practicing anything. All right. And verse 36, And they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. I want you to say that with me. Perfectly whole. whole. Say it again. Perfectly whole. See, sometimes you can get your body healed, but then because of the way you think, it tears everything up again. Or how about this? When somebody does you wrong and you've got a bitterness attitude now, you're, you're a hater towards the person that did you wrong. You won't forgive them. And forgiveness is like putting a target on you for the devil that lights up. Unforgiveness. Resentment, bitterness. Well, I wouldn't be this way if my mom and dad stopped that stuff. You're going to end up sick thinking like that. <laughs> the devil tries to come to counterattack what we're doing. And so, but you've got to be willing to stay the course. Hold fast to your confession of faith and stay in it and stay with it. I had a, got a note, I got to watch what I say here from somebody in a meeting. I don't tell where the meeting's at. And I was there preaching on healing. And they, they said they got in every prayer line and didn't get it. <laughs> but I must have said something about authority. And so anyway, long story short, when he, they write me this uh, email, they said, well, you know, everything's in God's timing. And that showed me right away where he was at. I can tell you what God's timing is. It's faith, and faith is now. Don't ever forget that. Faith is now. It's always now. It'll be now tomorrow. It'll be now in five minutes. It's always right now, or it's not faith. But he was thinking he would get it, and he was telling this, somebody he'd live with, you know, uh, whoever, that I thought I'd get it, but I didn't get it. But I got home, and I took authority over that thing, and all the symptoms left immediately. And I remembered you said sometime to me, he said, 
I said, well, sometimes the thing kicks in in a few hours or something. But once you've been ministered to, it'll work on you. We were just with Pastor Nancy. She told the same thing. I laid hands on her in a meeting in San Diego. And the power of God went in her. I knew because I laid my hands on her. I could feel the power going. But she had a thought process going counter to that. Not that she didn't want to be healed, but something other than that. And she said, the minute I got a hold of myself and said, well, that's right. And said, when I said that, that anointing flourished in me and knocked all the symptoms out of my body. She's going to have to have a surgery or transfusion or something, but anyway. See, but the way she was thinking up to that point, I'm not making fun of people. Listen to me, Carol. To help you see, you've got to be open. There's no such thing as God's timing if you're not in faith. If you're in hope, you'll die sick. You just keep pushing it out in front of you, but you never, that doesn't get it. You know, like the story of somebody chasing a carrot in a circle, you never get to it. It's always in front of you. Don't do that with God. God's timing is now. Faith is now. That's why I said to you, listen, if you, I can get you in faith tonight, you could receive tonight, whatever. No limitations. Remember, no limitations. I mean, here sits an example, Miss Misty Carnell. I laid hands on her one time. And she told me, wrote a 10-page letter. She had uh, seven or eight diseases and stuff. And then she told me she had heart trouble and all that stuff left her too. So I laid hands on her one time. In one service, she came as a visitor, never heard me before, and got healed and delivered from all the stuff. And here she's alive today. Amen. (laughs) That's exactly why you should invite people. Somebody invited her to come. As a visitor, just come and listen. Hear the, you know, this guy, he walks in an awning and he has gifts of healings and miracles. I don't know what they told her, but something. Amen. <laughs> Are you listening? Yes, sir. <laughs> Praise God. Perfectly whole. See, if you ever get perfectly whole, see, Jesus said it this way, I'll paraphrase it. You clean the inside of the cup, the outside's clean. You get straightened out internally, all the external part of you will fit right in line. What does that mean? I don't worry. I don't know about you, but I don't worry anymore about anything. I don't care who it is or what it's about. I do not worry. See, worry is a sin. I finally figured that out a few years back, and I said, by the the grace of God, I'm not going to worry about anything the rest of my life. And see, when I think things like that and God gets, and I'm, he's, I'm dealing with him and I'm figuring things out, then I'm telling you, <laughs> I got it. Yes. Makes you different. Yes. But hey, it keeps me well. Yes. Here's another thing that keeps me well. I'm quick to forgive other people for messing over me. Even to this day. Even, even just recently. I just forgive them. I just forgive them before they ever do anything. If you're smart, you'd be like me. Just not wait till somebody runs you over, and then you go, oh, man, I'm going to. You're not going to make it. You're going to be full of sickness acting like that. Now, when you're retaliatory in your mind, you're in trouble. I guarantee it. And I pastored people for all those years, even people in this church. And some of them never got over their first marriage. They've been married two times or three times and never got over the first one that jacked them. And they brought all that trouble into the second marriage and into the, anyway. 
We got to make some decisions through here if you want to be well. Perfectly whole, perfectly restored. Can God do that? He can do anything you can believe him for. All things are possible to those of us who believe. All things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's go over to, um, let's, go, let's go back to Psalm 107 a minute. You getting anything tonight? This is just our first service. You know, we've got three more services. We'll talk about other things, though, sir. But I want to talk about this. And I've got at least one more area and maybe two that I want to deal with before we give an invitation to come for healing, if that's your need tonight. Hallelujah. Psalm 107 and verse 20, it says, He sent his word and healed them. One translation said he sent his word and it healed them. The word is the healer today. The word of God is the healer today. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them. So this is what I wrote down about the word heals you. In Psalm 107, verse 20, the word answers your questions. You know, I started out in this in about 1970. Well, I got saved in 71. And right before I came to seminary, would have, I came in 76. would have been about 74 or 75. We had a, a small group of young married couples. My wife and I were one out of about five couples. And we had a little Bible study. We checked it out with our pastor first. He gave us permission. I didn't even know anything about to do was right. I just thought that was the right thing to do. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about protocol. But I knew it would be appropriate to ask the pastor if that would be all right. So he said, sure. And so we'd had it. And one, one of our guys in the group, he had Hodgkin's disease. He was taking chemotherapy. He, we, he brought it up one time in our, our study time. And so his name was Don. And I said, well, Don, how does that chemo affect you? Well, the last time they did it, I threw up. I said, you threw up how many times? 52 times. Now, listen, I'm a Baptist back then. I'm not even spirit-filled. My wife has witnessed this, and I said back to him, do you have the dates when they're going to give you the chemo, the rest of the chemo? Yes, sir. Make us a list of those dates. We're going to pray for you. You're not going to be sick anymore. I laid hands on him that night. I was still a Baptist. And took authority over that chemo to do that kind of damage to a guy. You know, if you you puke 52 times, you're not going to feel like anything after that. And you know what? He got totally healed. He, he took the rest of chemo, never got through up again, never got nauseated again. I'm not making fun of people that have problems. I'm just talking about what we did just by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Because When I first started, see, I didn't even know that for sure God would do that. But somehow being an ex-drug addict and God delivered me from all that mess, I figured he's big enough to handle that. I just barely got through high school, but I didn't know that. And what I'm saying is when I first started, I had all the questions you have and probably 10 more that you haven't thought of yet. Because I tell you, if there's anything I'm thorough about, it's my Bible study. I may not be thorough about a lot. I'm not a nuclear physicist. (laughs) But I do know my Bible. And I had all the questions, and I went to all the scriptures that people taunted me about. What about Paul? What about Paul's thorn? What about Job? What What about, you know... So-and-so left him sick at Miletus. I went through all those scriptures, and God the Father and the Holy Ghost gave me answers to every situation that I came across, every one of them. I haven't got time to give you all the answers tonight. I'm just preaching one service. 
But I'm just talking to you here. It says he sent his word because the word answers your questions about healing. And really, that's the only true source you have to do that, unless you're talking to somebody like myself who knows what I'm talking about from the Bible, not my opinion, not my philosophy. Okay, number two, it feeds your faith. The word feeds your faith. This is why this, this psalm, this verse here, he sent his word and it healed them. It's so critical. It feeds your faith. And you know, if you don't feed your faith, it'll get depleted after a while. And somebody said you can use it or lose it. And that's true. I mean, I've had some wonderful men of God that I love dearly and were great men, and I buried them. Because they got back, they slid back into something else. I begged one of my best friends. I said, get out of that church, they'll kill you. He kind of made fun of me. He got cancer and they killed him. The cancer didn't, the church he went to did. See, when you don't believe right, you don't think right, you don't get right. <laughs> and the reason I know that, I preached in that church at his funeral. I could tell from the attitude they had and the songs they sang at his funeral, they don't believe nothing here. I won't tell you what denomination it is. doesn't matter. All of them are wrong if they don't preach the Bible. Amen. I don't care what the name is on the front of your church. Amen. Holy Ghost and Fire Church. Yes. No word. No word. I can watch preachers on TV. They can get me up and dance in my living room. But when they're done, I'm saying, no word. I didn't get any word. He just got me excited. Hallelujah. Moving right along. It answers your question. It feeds your faith. Number three, it puts you in position to receive. That's what the word does. It puts you in position to receive. I'm not mad at that person. I quoted his email to me. I'm not when he said things are in God's timing. He hadn't got that far in his thinking yet. God only has one time, and it's always now. Because he lives in eternity, and eternity's always now. Anytime you go to his front door, it's now. For the rest of your life. And if it's not now, you're not going to get it. You might get a little spillover from some of us that do believe. But you won't get what you fully need until you start getting your timing right. And it's in your timing. I stood for 14 years with pain in my body. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not proud of that. But I know what I'm talking about. Don't act like I don't know what I'm talking about. And tried to stay in faith. Got out of faith a few times and almost killed me. But... And anyway, I got back in. But I was feeding my faith, though I was struggling because of the pain level. Then God sent me a prophet. All the king's horses and all the doctors and nurses couldn't put me together, but Jesus did through his word, through the prophet's words. Hallelujah. Still healed today. And number four, it helps you meet the conditions that you need to meet. You know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I realized that if I do what they did in the Bible to get healed, I could do that and get healed too. Are you listening to me? Yes. Remember the lady with the issue of blood? It says, he said to her, woman, I think it's Mark five thirty four, Woman, your faith has made you whole. Your faith. Your faith. He didn't say, my powers made you whole. He said, I realized something came out of me 
And, of course, the disciples, they were befuddled by that because he's got all these people touching him because he's a healer. He's got a healing ministry, people trying to touch him. And they kind of said, well, what do you mean who's touching? Can't you see? You're thronged. You know, just a massive group. It's like going to, you know, a rock concert at Freedom Hall. Somebody that's popular, you're going to get touched a lot. Not necessarily inappropriately, but just people are crowded in there. But he said, no, somebody, something's come out of me. Somebody's used their faith here. And finally she stood up and said, well, it's me. You know, and he said, woman, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. We're not talking about that tonight, but here's another issue why you don't, you're not healed. You don't have peace. You've got to have peace with God and peace with people. Doesn't mean you have to like everybody, but you better have peace with them. Am I making sense? Yeah. So it don't mean you have to agree with everybody, but you just have to learn to walk in peace with people. Are you listening? Hallelujah. And so nobody's ever said faith's been done away with. You know, there's some of the smart aleck preachers that say, you know, all that's been done away with when the last apostle died and all that silliness, craziness. There's still apostles in the earth today. I know several of them. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sickness and disease does not come from God. I haven't got another hour with you tonight, but I got some more things I want to talk about real quick with you. And that is sickness does not come from God. In fact, since we're back here, let's go back to Job chapter 2 a minute. I'm going to get into Job more fully with you on Sunday morning. But go back to Job 2 a minute. I want to show you a verse here. Now, the devil doesn't have access to God's presence like it says here in Job 2 anymore. You remember in the New Testament, Jesus said, I saw him fall from heaven. Talking about Satan. Remember that? Luke 10? Yeah. But at this time, somehow, but even though the devil came before God, the Lord didn't turn him over to the devil. He had turned himself over to the devil through his fear. Pastor Mark got in the edge of it. Man, I'm sure glad I had you take that offering, Pastor Mark. You blessed me. I mean, we were sitting around a, a, a breakfast table down in Mexico City, and he started talking about covenant. I said, my gosh. Woo. 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 And you got more now. I think you got a lot more of it on covenant. But see, let's look here. I want to tell you, who, who, struck, the, who struck Job sick? Let's see, read it. Job 2 and 7. So when Satan forced from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils, and part of the reason that was allowed is because God couldn't break covenant. When you get in fear, he can't rescue you. He doesn't operate by fear. That's what the devil operates by. Fear is faith in reverse. It's faith in the wrong things. Are you listening? I'm going to talk about Sunday morning. You don't want to miss it and talk about the spirit of fear because it makes a lot of people sick. You may not put those two things together, but it's a major cause for sickness being afraid. You shouldn't be afraid of anything. We don't have the luxury to be afraid like normal people. We're not normal. We've got a covenant with God. Mm. Yeah. It says, Satan went forth in the presence and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. So who made him sick? Satan. That was weak. Satan made him sick. 
I had one boil in my life. I got a scar right here on my elbow. I had one boil. It was so horrific. I don't know how old I was, about 12 or 13. I was so thankful that thing popped open and stuff ran out and whatever. I mean, it doesn't sound pleasant to talk about. This guy had them from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. I can't imagine that kind of pain intensity. But that's the way the devil is. He's mean. He's ugly. He's ruthless. That's why you shouldn't be afraid of him. You should put him in his place. He doesn't have that luxury for those of us who know better. We just tell him, you shut up and get out of here. Hallelujah. So this is one scripture that says, who, who smote Job? That Satan. Satan brought the sickness. God doesn't have any. If he had some, where would he keep it? In a closet in heaven? Think about what I'm saying to you. If you get over in the book of Revelation, I think you go to heaven, there's no disease, no pain, no sickness. What a terrible place to go if there was pain and sickness. You could just went to hell and had that. No, I'm being serious here. There's no sickness or disease in heaven. Matthew 6 says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not one feeble one among us. Not any sickness and disease be able to stand against us. You sound pretty bold. Well, I try to. I stay bold with my faith because the devil can't hear unless you're authoritative about it. <laughs> He's just a big bully. I don't know how many times I'm going to tell you that. You've got to shut him up and you've got to mean what you say. Or he'll just laugh at you. Put him in his place. Put him under your, he's under your feet. You got a note for him? Put a sticky tab on the bottom of your shoe. I put one on there one time, stuck it on there, wore it around a couple days. You're defeated and I'm not. Ha ha. <laughs> he said, I, I, all those things are under my feet, Ephesians 1 and 2. All right. So let's, let's go here. Let's go over here to the book of uh, John a minute. Let's go to John 10 and 10. You know, sometimes you, you need to hear the word like we're teaching you tonight, but sometimes you just need to rise up in faith and take authority over the devil <clears throat> and all of his stuff, all his shenanigans. I call. Yeah. John 10 and 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So Jesus speaking here tells us the thief, which is the devil, he comes to do three things, to steal, to kill and to destroy. He comes to, to steal relationships. He comes to steal your joy. He comes to steal your peace. See, that's what I said. Remember, a key to being healed is be in peace. He said, lady, go in peace and be whole of thy plague. You get out of peace, it's not a good thing. You start having dis-ease instead of peace. See, you need to stay in peace. You just have to go to the Bible and find out how to get it, how to maintain it. And you, one of the ways is talking about it. I, I have peace with God and I have peace with man. I'm going to walk in peace the best I can. Now, not everybody's walking in peace with me, but that's their problem, not mine. See, the devil comes to steal from you and to kill and to destroy. I know sometimes when I'm talking, you might think, man, does Dr. Jacobs just live in a plastic bubble? No, I, I created the bubble out of God's Word. Yeah. If I'm living in any kind of plastic something. Yeah. But it's got a lot more substance than plastic, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still fighting the good fight of faith. The fight of faith that's good is the one you win. Yes, yes sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And give it to you more abundantly. 
Think about that. Abundant life in your body. Abundant life in your mortal flesh. Abundant life in your, in your being where you're strengthened every day. You're, you're increased in your strength. You're increasing in mobility. You're increasing in uh, my, your mind's being changed and getting more stable and yes. things like that. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. Yeah. So we see here the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. All right, so that's, that's number two against him. First, he got Job, he got Job sick, struck him with sickness and disease. And like Jordan said recently on Job, it was a great teaching because he, he lived 140 years after all that happened to him. But during the time that we read from Job 1 to Job 42, it's about 9 or 10 months as far as I can ascertain. He said a year, but that's pretty accurate. He just lived a year like that, but he lived 140 years after that. And he wasn't a boy when, he, when the book started. He was a grown man, the wealthiest man in the East, if I remember right. He must have been around a little while on the planet. And he must have been doing something right to have blessings. But he got in fear over his kids. I want to jump ahead to Sunday, but I got to pull it in here. He, he got afraid his kids were going to do something, and so that was a problem for him. Anybody listening to me? All right. Now, let's go here to uh, Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Look at this with me a minute. I'm sorry. I think that's wrong. I think I wrote that wrong. It's Luke 13. I put 16 down, but I think I... Yeah, Luke 13. I wrote it in reverse. Luke 13 and verse 16. And this is the story of Jesus teaching in the synagogues there, and nobody's being healed of anything, you know. <laughs> She'd been there 18 years, if I remember right. Uh Notice, though, when she did get healed, he laid his hands on her. Let's just read in verse 10. She was teaching Jesus in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, or places of worship, we would call it. It's a Jewish synagogue, but nonetheless. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. Sometimes people get in a position where they're not able to get themselves out of things, and they need additional help. That's what it's saying. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And then the, he, the ruler here in verse 14, he's all put out with Jesus. And he said, you know, Jesus shouldn't have healed there on the Sabbath. And Jesus rebuked him, called him a hypocrite in verse 15. And said, you take your animals that you work in the fields, at least give them a day of rest and give them some fresh water and some food. And then he said, verse 16, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? In other words, she's a covenant lady. You got a covenant like Pastor Mark was teaching. Whom Satan hath bound. Who bound her? Satan. Satan. And, he, and he bowed her spine over so, to such a degree she couldn't stand up anymore. And lo, these 18 years, shouldn't she be loose from this bondage on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Hallelujah. But I'm showing you again, it was the devil that bound her. It's the devil that attacked Job. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, I don't know if you realize how much money is involved with insurance and medical stuff and drugs. And I mean, I'm thankful for all the drugs you get when you need them. Praise God. I'm not making fun of that. But man, what an industry. Just a massive, massive industry. Industry with hospitals. And it's the only place I ever had to park on the roof I've went to in my life. 
I've been to Freedom Hall, didn't have to park upstairs. <laughs> Hello. I went to Yum Center, didn't have to park upstairs in a parking garage. But when I went to the hospital, I was up on the roof because there was no places all the way. Some of them were eight and ten stories high. Had to park up at the last floor where the sun's hitting you, you know, because there's so much sickness and disease. And I'm not making fun of anything. I'm just saying there's a lot of money involved in that. And the love of money is the root of all evil. Not the money, but the love of it. But notice it was Satan that did this to her. Now, let's go over here to 1 John 3. And let me read verse, verse 8 to you here. 1 John 3 and 8, I'm just about done. Is that the time I've been preaching on the back wall? Okay, thank you. Hallelujah. I didn't know if I'd do okay, but I think I'm doing pretty good on time. Fit, not even 55 minutes yet. Hallelujah. Look at 1 John 3 and 8. For, uh, says, he that committed sin is of the devil. That, that, in the context there of the Greek, he that literally lives in sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, though, the Son of God, that's Jesus, was manifested, or he came to earth, took on the form of a man, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, what is the work of the devil? Sickness and disease is the work of the devil. Are you listening to me? But Jesus came to destroy all those things. Think about that. To destroy the works of the devil. We found out the devil made Job sick. We found out the devil made the lady in the church here at, uh, in Luke 13 a minute ago. Made her sick. Made a lot of people sick throughout the Gospels. And Jesus was healing them all. And I don't see that he ever not wouldn't heal anybody. They came to him in faith. But there's some places he couldn't get it done. Because nobody was believing what he was saying. They had no faith in him as a healer. You know, they kind of made fun. We heard about these great meetings you had over in Capernaum and so-and-so do that here like it's show and tell or something. Dog and pony show. No, God's not motivated by dog and pony shows. He, but he, does, he has destroyed the works of the devil so that you and I don't have to put up with it. Amen. That's part of your redemption. That's part of your deliverance from evil and the evil one. You know, you don't need any affiliation with him. He's defeated. We've been raised to sit with him in heavenly place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go back to Luke a minute, chapter 5. I'm just about done. Praise the Lord. I hope you're getting something out of this. I'm hitting a lot of different issues tonight. I want everybody to receive and everybody to be healed. And the reason that we're teaching like this is it's important to get the word in you first. And it says in verse 17 of Luke 5, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, this is Jesus, and he was teaching what? The word, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Because he's teaching the word, the power of God is present to heal people. You know, in this particular case right here, only one man got healed. Just one. <laughs> a big, you know, big gathering. Quite a few people. It says all the doctors of the law and different ones, Pharisees. And of course, they didn't believe in him and they didn't believe in what he taught either. But Jesus was teaching and because he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. See, before I ever come to the pulpit, I always talk to God and I say, I'm believing Matthew 
1620 is coming in operation tonight, Father. I'm going out, Dr. Jacobs. I'm going out. I don't call myself that. Michael, I'm going out and preach, and you'll confirm the word with signs following. He doesn't mind me telling him that. I'm reminding him about it. You said that they went out everywhere, including New Albany tonight, and you would work with me as I preach the word and confirm that word with signs following. Yeah, that's the way we need to be thinking. Hallelujah. Now, one more thought here. We're still in this same chapter. I think I'm going to talk to you a little further. Verse 12, same chapter, Luke 5. Look at this. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city. This is Jesus. Behold, a man full of leprosy. He gives more of a detail of this being a doctor, I think, than the rest of them. Mark and Matthew have this account. But here the doctor, Luke, says he was full of leprosy. Probably missing some fingers or a nose, or maybe some toes, who seeing Jesus fell on his feet and besought him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. In other words, he believed God was willing, but he didn't, he, that God could do it, but he didn't know if God was willing to do it. See, you have to, you see, believing in divine healing won't get you healed. You have to believe that he'll heal you and that he'll heal you now. You have to believe he'll heal you now. Are you with me? And so he's saying, and evidently this guy had not been under the teaching of Jesus. Somebody just told him there's this Jesus guy, he's a healer. And this guy's, you know, he's, he came to him and he bowed down. And he said, Lord, I know you could heal me, but I don't know if it's your will. And he put forth his hand, verse 13, and touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. See, he put out his hand and he said, I will. You know, he says that to all of us too, I will. And I say, Lord, could you, would you heal me of that? He says, I will. Lord, could you heal me of this? He says, I will. Lord, could you do this? He says, I will. <laughs> and because he said it to the one man, he said that once and for all to all of us because he's not partial to anybody. Isn't that right? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's God's will for you and I to be whole, to be healed, perfectly whole. Perfectly restored, the Amplified Bible says. Perfectly whole, the King Jimmy says. So, praise the Lord. Let's stand up with me just a minute here. Now, I want you to come tonight if you, uh, if you have any problems in your bones.